looking at uh, Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 to 9 this morning. It's just going to be a brief introduction to what you're going to be looking at uh, through the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 to 9. Let me read for us. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by men, but by Jesus Christ, and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me. To the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who calls you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preached to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel other than the one you accepted, let them be under God's curse. We spend a lot of time thinking about whether the things we have, or especially the things we spend money on, are real or they are fake. We care about the genuineness of things. Because things that are genuine are going to deliver on the promises that they claim. We know that products are not perfect, but you are expecting that if you take uh, uh, medicine, that it is real medicine that is actually going to do the work to cure you. You expect that if you buy a piece, uh, if you buy a pair of shoes, if they're an expensive brand, you expect them to last. You expect the color not to fade for a while. You expect good quality. And, and because we live in a world where there are lots of fakes as well, we have developed mechanisms to kind of deal with whether, to find out whether something is real or not. We look, for instance, at the price of something. If it's way too cheap, if you know that perhaps a specific cell phone costs 20,000 rands, you know that if you get it for, for, for 6,000 and 7,000 rands, there's probably something off with it. It's probably something, uh, there's probably a fault somewhere that may not be, be disclosed to you at the moment, but you know there's something off with it. We also look at the source of the product. If you're buying something on the street, 
versus you buying something inside the shop at a mall or at a, at a, at a branded shop. You know that's something that is possibly real or is not real. We also learn to test the quality of the product ourselves. To have a, clear, a real good look at it. Feel the weight of it. Look at the color. Look at the, uh, the stickers inside or, or outside, depending on the product. We also learn to ask things like, what are the guarantees do those people who are selling the product offering? Are they promising that once you leave this shop, it's your problem if, it's, if it breaks down? Or they say, no, there's a two-year warranty with this. And then you kind of rest assured that, no, this has been made to the high standard of quality. It's going to last at least that two years. We've learned to verify um, the promises of, of the company, to check them, to trust things like a 14-day, no money back, uh, no questions asked, money back guarantees. To check things like if I, if, I, if I take this product number and call the company that supposedly manufactured this, will they verify that this product was made by them in their product line? So we learn, we've had to learn, to distinguish between what is real and what is fake. The book of Galatians, which we are looking at, is about teaching us to distinguish what is real faith and what is untrue. It is teaching us to distinguish between what is good news that we should rejoice at or what is bad news that we should stay away from. Because even in the world of faith, even among supposed Christians, there are others who are either for their own uh, needs are trying to deceive others into believing things that are not true. And there are others who are misled and therefore are misleading others. As we look into the book of Galatians, he just wanted us to contextualize it to see where, where does the book of Galatians come from. This book we are looking at is one of the letters of Paul. Uh, the book of Galatia is, was a Roman province. Uh, that is, it was in the Roman Empire, which is located in the central part of what we now know as Turkey. This letter that you are looking at is thought to be one of the, the earliest letters written by Paul and it was written to a group of churches, not just one church, to a group of churches in that region. Paul planted these churches, that is, he was the one who ministered the gospel to these people. He received the account of that in Acts 13 and 14. That is, he went through Pisidian Antioch to Iconia, to Lystra, to uh, Debi. So those are the areas where uh, Galatia was. And we saw that people received the gospel with enthusiasm. They accepted it. 
they welcomed Paul. But then you saw later on is that as the Jews were being persecuted in Jerusalem, they started to spread to the Gentile regions, the regions where they are traditionally not, do not have Jewish people. They spread and they went all the way to Galatia. But as the Jews got there, they started to add to the gospel that the church in Galatia had heard from Paul. They started to say to them that in order to be part of God's family, you need to do more than just trust in Jesus as Paul preached to you, but you also need to keep to the Jewish law of the Old Testament. And the main component of that is that your sons need to be circumcised, just as God called the sons of Abraham to be circumcised. You need to keep to these special days in the Jewish calendar, just as the Jews kept to the special days commemorating the Passover and so on. So Paul writes then to this situation where the church has heard something different from him and then now they have been told by these people who are supposedly Jews themselves coming in and saying, no, no, no. We need to do more than what Paul has said. Paul writes to these people in Galatia and he says, you now have two choices. One, you can listen to what I've told you you can listen to me, my message, the message that comes from God. Or you can listen to these people, these false teachers, with a message that comes from men. But you must know that if you do this, if you listen to me, glory is going to go to God, but if you listen to these people, you are going to be condemned as they are. That is how we're going to break the passage for us this morning. The passage breaks easily, verses 1 to 5, verses 6 to 9. Verses 1 to 5, is, is, the message is, are you going to listen to me, the true apostle of God? Verses 6 to 9. Or are you going to listen to the false teachers who are leading you astray? Let's look at verses 1 to 5 together. Are we going to listen to Paul or not? Verses 1, it begins, Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by men, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me. We see right at the beginning of this letter, Paul introducing um, himself with a usual structure for the introduction of these letters. If you go to Ephesians, the next book, you will see something similar. They first start by introducing themselves in their role, and they start, and they start saying something along the lines of grace and peace to you, or I'm writing to these people. But you see, even right at the beginning, 
He interrupts the way that he introduces the letter. By sort of um, hinting to the main problem that he has with the church. Notice there in verses 1, Paul an apostle, that's very normal, sent not from men, nor by man. That's unusual for these letters. But by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. That's very normal in this letter. So therefore, right at the beginning, Paul is, interested, is, uh, is at pains to remind them who he is and to distinguish himself from others who are supposedly sent, quote-unquote. He's saying that I am a messenger from God. The origins and means of my apostleship coming from God. I come from God and I give you the message of the gospel by the will of God. He's doing this because in Galatia there are others who are supposedly not coming from God. Paul wants to make it clear that he is not like the other men who are speaking to them, but he is different. He is a messenger of Christ, of God the Father, he has been sent by Christ. That's what, that's what apostle means, means messenger. Paul says, I've been sent by God. As opposed to these other people who are sent by men. Therefore, you can trust my messages coming from God, not the message that comes from these people, which comes from men. He goes further. Paul here, he says, my message is a message from God by God. It is a message from God by God himself. Look again in verses 1. Paul, an apostle, sent not from man, nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers with me. He says, grace and peace to you from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself to rescue us. So Paul begins and he says, the message that I am preaching to you just as I come from God, Paul says, the message that I'm preaching to you is also from God. The source of their grace and peace is also from God. And that is, this has been planned according to the will of God to rescue. Because therefore the gospel is from God, he himself is from God, God deserves the glory. It. Not himself, not Paul. 
says, this message that I'm preaching to you is coming directly from God the Father and Jesus Christ. It is a message of liberation from sin through the death of Christ who died to buy us both Jew and Gentile to rescue us from this present evil age. This is not man's message, Paul says. says yeah. This is not my wisdom. This is not my cleverness, Paul is saying here. Yeah. This is coming from God. It is God. It is God speaking to you. So therefore, as Paul is about to speak throughout the letter, what you are meant to be hearing is these letters where uh, someone would stand up and read these letters to the church on a, on, on a Sunday morning. He's, meant, he's saying to them, right from the beginning, as I come to you and say these things, I am not speaking for myself. I'm not, I'm, I'm not speaking out of my own wisdom. I am speaking from God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the end, this should, this, this should point to him. You should want to uh, love him, not me. You should be directed towards him and not me. That's the first point of the sermon, is that the message that they've heard is from, that they're about to hear, is from God and is by God. So therefore, they should listen carefully to it. The second point comes from verses 6 to 9 of chapter 1. Verses 6 to 9. And the point is that the false teachers, they are messengers from men, and their message comes from men. So to contrast himself, Paul is a messenger of God. He comes the message from God. He says, these people that are leading you astray, they are coming from man, and their message, there's nothing heavenly about it. Verses 6 to 9. Verses 6, he says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. We see that right, right there in verse 7 that there are some people who are saying these things and therefore they are confusing the people who have heard the gospel of Christ from God. There are these messengers who are coming in and they are confusing them. They are causing them to desert, to leave, to abandon, to turn away from, from God himself. 
in the grace, in the message of grace that has been given to them. Notice here, he's not saying, no, you, you, are, you are now modifying or changing what you have heard in a sort of buffing it up, as it were. You are putting new wheels to this old car. He turns to them and he says in verses 6, by listening to these people, you are deserting the one who called you. You are deserting God himself, the one who calls, the one who gives grace, the one who, uh, who, who died for your sins. By choosing to believe these people, you are turning away from God. You're not just changing what you believe about him. You are turning away from him completely. Why? Because now you are believing different kind of news. And these news that you are believing are not good news at all. By allowing yourself to be thrown into confusion, you are abandoning the gospel of Christ. And Paul in verses 8 and 9 says, don't do it. Don't let anyone change your mind, change your heart in regards to what you have heard. Don't let anyone come to you and say that in addition to trusting in Christ, you need to do this and that and that. Because trust, tr trusting in Jesus is not enough. Verses 8 and 9, it says, If anyone comes and does that, let them be cursed. They are, they are under God's curse. Let them be condemned. But you, who heard the gospel of Christ, Paul says, continue to believe in that. Don't let anyone lead you astray. Don't let anyone turn you from what you have heard. Because if you are turned and you start to believe something else, you turn away from good news into bad news. This is equivalent to someone you going into the pharmacy and someone says, you know, your medical aid is almost maxed out if you are fortunate enough to have medical aid. Here's uh, here's a number, call this guy. He'll give you something that will work just as fast. It'll be twice as cheap. And you go and you take that untested product, turning away from uh, the tested and true, the verified, the one that the doctor prescribed to you for you to continue to have life without flu. And you're telling something else. God says there's death there. There's no life. There's condemnation there. If anyone comes to you and prescribes a different type of medication, 
other than the one prescribed to you by God. Let them be condemned. Don't listen to them. Because by listening to them, you yourself are condemning yourself. Because by following their, by following their foolishness, you will not gain life. You will not live. This is an encouragement to you and I. To care, therefore, about what is true and what is, what is the true gospel from God. This is an encouragement for you and I to when, we, when we listen to something. To ask ourselves, is, it, is this the, the gospel or is this the dist- a distortion of the gospel? This is an encouragement for you and I, first of all, to know what the true gospel is. So that when, it's be, when it is being questioned, undermined by others, we are able to point and say, no, not this. This is not it. So that we are not moved and swayed. This is an encouragement for you and I to be, to be deeply rooted in the gospel. To know that there is only one gospel that is from God and that is achieved by God. And that this gospel is a gospel that Paul preaches. It is a gospel that you find in the word of God. <clears throat> to not change from it, to not deviate from it, to not add to it. To know that any change to this one gospel, any diversion from this one gospel, comes not from God, but from people. And to run away from it, to ignore it, to not want anything to do with it, because the gospel has to do with our, with our health, has to do with our rescue from God. So we go, if you go, you decide, I'm going to go into something else for rescue. You are risking your life in doing that. You are entrusting yourself to bad medicine. You are entrusting yourself to a, a life jacket that you bought somewhere on the street. It's not being properly tested. And should you fall in the boat of life, you will not live. You will drown like those who do not have the life jacket. The second thing that I want us to see, yeah, that this passage calls us to be terrified of deserting the true gospel of Christ. To be terrified of deserting it. To know that apart from the true gospel, there is condemnation. There's a curse. There is a, a pain and suffering. To not want to turn towards that. To choose life always. To be horrified to believe something that is untrue. And to be horrified to teach others something that is untrue as well. To have strong emotions towards false teaching and false teachers who minimize the gospel and maximize other things.
on top of the gospel. Paul is very clear here. You either believe in the one true gospel preached to you, or you're turning to something else that is not gospel at all. This is an encouragement to you and I to not turn away from Paul's gospel. To continue to believe in it. To check what you are being taught as we are about to look in the book of Galatians against the word of God itself. To be wary of our innovations, distortions. To check what we are being told, even by myself. Is this really according to the Bible or is it speaking from somewhere else here? Can we say it in the text? Or do I need to have gone to Bible college for me to get that? That there's some information in some library somewhere that you can't access. That's not the point of a preacher. The point of a preacher is to show you what is there and for you to see it. And for you to go, ah, I get it now. This is a call for us to love the gospel, to treasure the gospel, to know the gospel. Paul is going to uh, speak about this a lot more next week as he reminds the church in Galatia of who he is and what he has believed in. And as he encourages them to trust the one true gospel and no other. Let's pray together and ask God for help. Heavenly Father, we praise you that there is only one gospel. It is the good news of the death of Jesus Christ at the cross for us, that we may have life and life to the full. Help us to trust in him, to believe in him, and help us to see ways in which the gospel has been distorted by others. And move us back, Lord, to the one true gospel. We pray and ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen.